you are now listening to Grinding True Crime with your hosts, Maddie Matt, Todd Fox, and Gabby. Police have identified more victims and plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Confirm earlier reports of cannibalism. The building was a scene of ghoulish slaughter. A large kettle on the stove which held boiled body parts. Identified more victims. Killed even more. Plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Had sex with some of his victims before he killed them. And that he was also a necrophiliac. Hey, 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 welcome into another episode of the Grinding True Crime Podcast with your host, Maddie Matt, along with Todd Fox. And, and we're here again, uh, live kicking off another episode for you. And today our narrator will be Todd Fox. So he's got a story for us. But before we get into that story, want to let you guys know where you can find us. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Just type in Grinding True Crimes. There you can follow our page, like our page, and comment on our page, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. And we appreciate all the love you show. If you, uh, if you guys want to just listen to us on your podcast streams, just go to Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, and Pandora. And for those out of, outside of the U.S., you can listen to us on Podchaser, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Cast. Go to redbubble.com, type in Top Fox 80 and there. You can buy merchandise courtesy of Grinding True Crimes. And if you support, if you like to support us for our cause and uh, just support us for what we do uh, here on this Grinding True Crime page, you can leave a Cash App donation. Just go to uh, Cash App, type in dollar sign Grinding True Crimes. As always, listener discretion is advised because we do get into details and it can be graphic. And according to what Todd told us this morning, sounds like this story might be one of them. So listener discretion is advised. So, um, and before we get into it, thank you guys all for joining in on our live this morning. We appreciated it, all the love and support. And we hope to do that again next month on July 30th. With that being said, Todd Fox, you got a story for us, my brother. Take it away, my man. Yes, I do. <clears throat> this story, again, like my boy Matt says, uh, it's going to make you uh, upset and a bit frustrated. Uh, there's a lot lot of layers to this one, sort of like how the great Shrek is quoted in saying, Ogres are like, are like onions. They have a lot of layers. <laughs> and that's what this story is. There's going to be a lot of layers to this one, so... So stick with it, and um, it's just going to be pretty crazy. So a lot of twists? A lot of twists. Uh Yeah, a lot of unfortunate twists, to be honest with you right here. Yeah, so there's certain things that that from the get-go you'll understand that if this would have happened, this wouldn't have happened, and things would have been better off. All right. So let's get started, shall we? Let's do it. Uh, This is all about the Hart family. So, uh, Like Bret Hart and Owen Hart? Uh. Yeah, actually the same same last name. It's not the H A E R T, it's H A R T. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um let's get started with this one. Uh this uh this story has to do with unfortunately uh kids falling through the cracks of the system. Oh man. Um you know, and then uh you know certain things happening cuz it is going to be crimes against children in this one. So mm. so bear with it. 
Dang it. Uh, let's talk about some so, some people, shall we? Uh, let's get started first with Jennifer Joan Hart. Um, she was born uh, June 4th, uh, 1979. Uh, Jennifer grew up in South Dakota in a town called Huron, H-U-R-L-N. Um, she attended Huron High School in South Dakota. Uh, she would graduate and attended Northern State University, NSU, which is in the, uh, I believe, the Illinois area, if I'm not mistaken. I might be wrong on that one. Okay. Uh, Sarah Ma- Margaret Hart, which grew up uh, also in South Dakota, um, her, uh, but that w- but that wasn't uh, her maiden name. That was you know the name later. Okay. Um, she grew up in Stone City. Uh, so both both women grew up in religious had religious background, religious strict families. Okay. So Catholics. Um, they would uh, they would also be raised to be very strict, very uh, you know um, what is it called uh, set in their ways, Bible based, and so it surprised their families when um, they both came out as lesbians prior to going to college. Oh wow. Yeah, so in the small towns of South Dakota, Christian upbringing, it was very difficult for her, their families at, at times to uh, relate to them or to adjust to their new lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Especially in that year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's not as accepting as it would be today. Um, their paths would eventually uh, cross later when they both attended Northern State University. Sarah would go over there as well. Uh, they would be taking classes on uh, being uh, school teachers and okay. uh, and special education. So both Sarah and uh, and and Jennifer would do this to you know to work on being teachers of special needs for the future. Okay. So these these two were basically majoring at the same thing at Northern State University. Um, but however, Jennifer would have trouble in school at the time of uh, 2002 when she enrolled there. Uh, she didn't graduate, so Sarah did. She got her master's. Uh, Jennifer did not, mm. so she kind of like gave up or quit. Um, some of the reasons why uh, um, she would also quit is she had legal problems. Uh, she, I don't know, was it kleptomaniac when you steal stuff? Yeah, klepto. Uh, klepto. Yeah, yeah, she she got caught quite a few times shoplifting. Mm. Mm. So that was you know for whatever reason that's what happened. Um. Sarah was described to as more uh, more calm, easy to talk to. Jennifer was more like your, you know, your outgoing person. But then if you crossed her, she X'd you out. Mm. And so you'll you'll see who that kind of, uh, you know, reminds you of later on. Uh, you know, someone that, that sounds like oh this. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you crossed me, you're done. Even if it's like for something real stupid, you can't disagree. I, yeah, exactly. I know. I know. Matt tries to play the PC part, but no, it's <laughs> that's me and Gabby. That apple's green. No, it's red. That's it. <laughs> yeah, Out of my house. I, I, I can't disagree with that. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So so Jennifer was was harder to talk to. Sarah was more friendlier with people. Uh, so, but the two had hooked up in Northern State University. They they got into a relationship. They were with each other um you know they just had issues with their family again the family uh, jennifer's family especially was not accepting at first and uh so she's like you know what i'm gonna cut you all off and she cut them all <laughs> off so they were they were gone completely and uh so then uh you know uh her family would later uh dismiss these allegations saying that they never cut her off because she was gay 
they actually supported her in the end and enduring it's just in the beginning it was hard for them as catholics to accept it you know because they were mm. expecting the whole like disney princess type marriage not you know princess and princess which yeah. is you know it's hard for some people to adapt to that no matter yeah no matter what era we live in some people are they just yeah but it wasn't like one of those families where they disowned her or they called her names it's just they needed time to process yeah it, it was one of those yeah. type of deals and i get it i get it you know it's, it's different yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so the two became like uh you know uh in, in a relationship that was getting further than just you know dating they wanted to make it official but at the time in south dakota it was illegal to get married as lesbians oh okay so they actually went to boston and got married in massachusetts and then they found a place in minnesota and they moved to minnesota um their closest friends knew their relationship at this point they hadn't come out fully as lesbians uh out as far as like in the new city of uh minnesota mm-hmm. but sarah again she went to school to be a, a uh, educator and that's not the profession she chose she chose to work at a her burgers which is apparently like a coles it's like a a, a department store Oh, I thought it was a hamburger stand. <laughs> she's the one that graduated? Yeah, she's the one that graduated. I swear, I thought it was a hamburger stand. I was about to say. Because burgers. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say. They got some good meat. I've never heard of the place awesome. before this story. Whoa. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, if it was if that kind of meat place, they sure wouldn't have been working there. But Arby's. <laughs> yeah. But um, so both of them, like, they move out there to minnesota jennifer's at home she's really not working because she had that criminal background Mm -hmm. Uh, you know she started off the wrong way she didn't graduate uh both sarah and her (laughs) were liberals um politics would are going to play a part in this story okay so jennifer gets hired by sarah to work at the job eventually at her burgers in minnesota jennifer does not uh, and again being a liberal sometimes they're a little more outgoing how outgoing and more of a, uh, more vocal. What happens is, at the department store, uh, there was there happened to be a mannequin with nipples. Okay. And uh, she didn't like the fact that uh, the male nip the male mannequins did not have nipples. Are you serious? Yeah. And so the female nipples had uh, female nipples. <laughs> <laughs> female mannequins had nipples. <laughs> And she didn't like this, so she's like, "Who? Those need to come off!" Oh my! And she took a knife and was like, "I'm gonna tear these off!" <laughs> and she started cutting the nipples off. And now mannequins—not a lot of people know—mannequins are expensive. Yeah, I did not know that. They're not cheap. I did because I worked at a fashion store. Yeah, oh. and so she was cutting them off on some designer, you know. So she said, "Who? Jobs done? That looks right to me." <laughs> you know, like, but you know, people want to see. You know, obviously mannequins if it's like bras or mm. or dresses even because you know people go out to, you know let's just face it women want to show their goods if they got it so a mannequin is there mimicking a person yeah but she took it upon herself to to make damage on something that's not hers mm. so she got fired from that job because yeah, absolutely that. yeah sarah almost lost her job and because she had moved up at that point to um uh supervisor Mm-hmm. And um, so, but that was categorized as dis- destruction of property, which is a misdemeanor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she had that. Um, <clears throat> so Sarah was working her way up, even though Jenna had gotten fired. They were struggling to have their own house. Jenna had oddball jobs, wasn't making too much money. Sarah kept plugging away at the store. Now, 
here's where I'm going to get to more of the background of the the women now, and here's where we're going to start to see certain things, and I'm going to break in real quick. Okay. Sarah, um, the two wanted to have kids. Obviously, now is a married couple. Um, just just for a real re- reality check on how the system works, especially here in the United States, if you're a male, two males, and you want to adopt a kid, it doesn't matter if you're living in the ritziest area, the cleanest house, the nicest animals that they would have, or, or just things, furnishings, cars, jobs. Two gay males wanting to have a kid, it takes years. It's a process, dude. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. They struggle to adopt. They really do. Even today. And they, they look into every detail of your life. They, yeah, the system will not trust the male. It makes sense. They 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 uh, yeah. They think that the male can't raise a kid or two males can't raise a kid. I get it. I get or it. Or they think about abuse. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so they will look real hard into them. Uh a couple, like if you guys were to adopt, it it's not that hard, but they still look into you a lot mm. in the male figure. And then they'll have to look at her, they'll check out your finances, all that stuff. Even if you guys are well off. It's not as easy as, as people think. However, it's been proven in the system. Mm-hmm. A lot of lesbian couples are just like thrown kids. They're like, hey, you know what? There's, it's two moms. It's the best of both worlds. Wow. You know? And in this story, you'll see that. So not only is it two moms, it's two white moms. That plays a part in it, too. Mm-hmm. Now we see. Yes, there's some privilege <laughs> up in here. Uh, and I don't technically believe in that too much, but I do believe that in this story it does play a part okay gotcha gotcha yeah, yeah. so that's why i just wanted to focus on that real quick what do, what do they say nowadays or were they karen yeah there's two karens right here Uh-oh. um so in 2004 they decided to adopt some kids or at least foster them at first okay and um you know it's it's they tr- they had a 15 year old that was uh that was given to them to to watch and to foster and possibly adopt Okay. Uh, the two applied with the state of Minnesota and became adoptive parents. Now, again, they're only in their mid-20s at this point, too. Mm. Yeah, so do, would you say that these girls have partied enough or gotten that stuff out of their mind? Nope. I don't think they're responsible parents at this point yet. I mean, they have a lot to prove still, right? Yep. Investigate them. Mm-hmm. All right, that's what the uh, the local <laughs> CPS said. Go for it. Um, so they get the 15-year-old girl. And obviously, here's another part of it that plays into it. It's biracial. So they're allowing a black child to go. Mm. So maybe a white child would take longer. Maybe even a Latino kid would take longer. But in this in this story, in the system, it seems like the system is just like, oh, you want a black kid? Go for it. Take it. <laughs> and it sucks because you're not doing the proper investigation. You're, mm-hmm. not, you're not setting that kid up for success. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and and they asked at this point for a kid 10 years and younger. So, but they were given a 15-year-old. The system messed up right here already. Yep, you're going to see a lot of that. It already gives you a bad feeling. Yeah, it's giving me one already. And and this kid, unfortunately, she's only 15. She's being a teenager. You know, these women are supposed to be in her life to maybe if her mom wasn't there. Because her background is not exposed too much, whether she, what she was going through, why she was in the system. But the fact is that she obviously had parents that weren't responsible. Mm-hmm. So, like, these girls, these women got to step up and become that. And that's hard for, you know, adults in their young 20s to raise 
someone who's practically your younger brother or younger sister. Yes, yes. And here's the thing, too. They had friends that would say that they would openly talk crap about the girl. Like, oh. in front of, like, like, oh, man, she's done this. She wasn't listening about this. You know, in she hasn't. In her face. Yeah, in her face or to their, to their friends, or, their mutual friends. Yeah. Thing. So the girl's getting embarrassed by them right off the bat. Uh, they would tell they would they would accuse her of eating food out of the trash. The the parents would accuse the fifteen year old, mm-hmm. mm. Sarah and Jennifer. So keep that in mind, that part in mind right there. Okay. Um, she would. They would also say that she would throw things at them and she would yell at them to where there was no, uh, what is it, evidence of that. Social services would come to check on things because they heard about things through the school, and they were um. They were, uh, what do you call it, uh, recommended that they remove the 15-year-old from their household. Mm-hmm. Mm. So uh, can you guys guess the what the biggest issue was in the household between the three? Religion? No, no. If you guys get this, I will retire from the show. This is one of those things where it's like, no way. Like, think something extremely stupid and petty. Uh, why, like, why it wasn't working out? Yeah, why it wasn't working out with a three. This is their biggest issue. All the other stuff aside, and the the you know the accusations or whatever. What do you something think? very weird? I'm trying to think. They left the toilet seat up. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's want the girl. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just saying. You said <laughs> you're accusing her of being standing up. Uh, um, no, honestly, in all honesty, probably like. They liked the TV show, and she didn't. Okay, Gabby? I'm going to think that they're trying to accuse her of coming between their relationship. Like, she's getting a romantic attachment to one of them. No, but that would make sense. Both of those would make sense, actually. It was wire hangers. What? Wire hangers? Yeah, uh, they didn't like that the 15-year-old refused to use plastic uh, hangers. She used wire hangers. That was the c- mm-hmm. cause for many and many I of... I mean, I'm not going to lie. I can't stand wire hangers. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's stupid. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if this was an environmental thing or progressive thing, but that's their big beef. Wire hangers, huh? Wire hangers, yeah. We used to use wire like, hangers a lot. That's not neat. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> now, here's another thing that happens. Uh, the growing up, there, uh, Sarah and Jennifer are huge Packer fans, right? And uh, so even though they went to the University of Minnesota, which is rivals with Wisconsin. Vikings. Yeah, exactly. But they actually go to a a Green Bay game, a Green Bay Packers game. And you remember the player, Amon Green? Oh, yeah. Yeah, running back for the Packers. Yeah. Yeah, so they're at the game, and uh, the star running back, that's what he was for the Packers, was in the tunnel coming out to the stadium. The three, uh, Jennifer, Sarah, and the girl, were at the game. Mm -hmm. And all three of them were asking for autographs. And, and uh, Amon Green uh, autographed the football that the young girl had and did not pay attention to Sarah or Jennifer. Mm, okay. So, so they got butt hurt. <laughs> exactly. Not just, uh, not, not just both of them, but it was Jennifer who got butt hurt. Uh, she got furious. Oh, my God. And she started to uh, berate her and get pissed off at her and uh, punish her. While at the game? Yeah, at the well, at the game, and then when they got and then home, when they got home, they, she just wouldn't stop. Wow, um, she would not be allowed because of that to have sleepovers, friends over, um, and she she had to stay in the inside the room, 
and especially with the hanger stuff, she <laughs> was was deprived even uh, what is it called uh, the normal activities of a teenager. Mm. No phones, no nothing. Just because she was being a hater toward her. Pretty much, yes. Why the hell did they want a kid? I don't know at this point. I don't think they wanted a black kid. Well, we'll see about that here. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, but see, this is if you didn't if you didn't agree with it, you don't have to adopt the child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's you true. could refuse. That's true. So at this point, the young girl thought that things were going to turn around because all of a sudden one day, the two had a talk with her saying that we are going through the process of adopting another sibling or two for you. And this girl had grown up by herself, so she was excited. She was like, oh, my God, you know, like, maybe things are going to turn around. If they have other kids, I could, you know, be the big sister, and they're already going to be younger, and, you know, what can I have a family? And she's not too thrilled by them, but maybe this is going to change. She was having an actual positive outlook trying to see if things would change. Yeah. So kudos to her. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was pretty happy about that, um, and she was excited. Now, uh, she figured that maybe the three, uh, the, the, the three additional kids, because she found out it was three. Oh. So it was going to be four kids. Whoa. Total. And so she, she was really happy. Uh, uh, the three had been going to therapy prior, and they thought, okay, things were going to work out, and everything was going to go good. Mm-hmm. Um, all of a sudden, on one day in 2005, uh, they go to drop off uh, the young girl at therapy, because it's her day to have it by herself. And they do not pick her up. Whoa. So that was on purpose or they just forgot? That was on purpose. So they played her. Yeah. Wow. So they left her at the therapy. They, they called Sarah Jennifer. They didn't answer. They just said, hey, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and these women are getting more kids? Let's get to that because what, what what would you what would you think if someone's trying to foster more kids and they straight up abandoned the one that they had? What would you do? Would, would you consider them? Nope. You remove them. You, you remove them from they the system. They lose their rights. Exactly right. Yep. At least I would. They're fired. Yeah. And um, here's the thing: Minnesota CPS caught wind of it, and it's an obvious red flag. What do you think they did? They just took her back to them and said, you forgot to pick her up. No. I'm going to say they let it slide. They let her abandon her. And they said, okay, you're free to adopt three more. Well, they didn't do the last part. They were like, okay, well, maybe you have to wait a little bit. And they took the 15-year-old, placed her back in the system. Did not offer any fines or, or go against the women at all. So they just sort of wiped their hands with it and were like, oh, it just didn't work out. Wow. Oh, you didn't like her? We'll take her back. Yeah, basically. See, they do that. They do take the kids back and they place them somewhere else when there's real problems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But not, they abandoned her. Like, Well, they probably lied and gave them a reason why they abandoned her. Probably like, oh, I feel for my safety. Yeah, they they probably lied in some some case, but you see, it's still stupid though. You could have just called them and said, "Hey, this child's causing me problems. Take her back." They have to. Yeah, and what sucks is okay. They're still in Minnesota at this time, correct? So they do not go through the Minnesota system to adopt a kid. They go through Texas, Mm. being in Minnesota. What? How? 
they went through an agency that works with uh, fostered and adopt you know potential adopting kids in Texas, and um, they couldn't get the three up in Minnesota. They got three from Texas. I didn't know they could do that. I didn't know that. I, I didn't know that either. You do you have, have to? to be ha- in the state. Yeah, that's why I thought like maybe you know you have to be there. in the state to adopt. Yeah. And and here's the other thing too. Again, where there's privilege or where there's not the the homework being done. It is really hard because when you have three siblings, usually they want to keep them together, number one. But you have to have a fantastic home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to have fantastic money. You have to show that someone's going to be there working with them. you got to have to show a loving, respectful attitude. Maybe you even need two more kids of your own mm-hmm. and show that, hey, I'm raising my two. These can fit in with mine. We can have a, a, you know, a, a family blended. And there was none of this. They, they, they freaking applied and within days they were granted three siblings. You know how hard it is? And they get three siblings shipped from Texas to Minnesota to join their family. Just like that. Yeah. And no investigation on what just happened with a 15 year old. Wow. Wow. And these are little kids right here. And these are the people that are supposed to be trusted with their lives. Yes. It was granted to the, these people. So in 2006, couple were granted these children the three siblings would be marcus who was age a seven hannah who was age four and abigail who was age two. Aww. yeah as soon as the kids came into play jen pretty much quit her job leaving sarah the sole provider uh the head to the bank uh, uh what is it um let's see so most of the the money would be sent over uh by the city of or the state i mean like for fostering money and stuff like that. So they mm-hmm. were able to, to get through some of the bills like that. But again, Sarah's job should not be covering all this. She yeah. doesn't, she's not making enough money. But they're fostering at this point? They're fostering now three kids. But don't they money? get money? They're from... getting money, yeah. 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 Uh, so the family would struggle at times financially because here in the United States you get paid if you do things like helping the government take care of kids. So they were getting a good size check uh, and also benefits in health care. Man. Um, she would go on Jennifer being on Facebook and MySpace, and uh, she was you know because Facebook was becoming a thing at that time, mm-hmm. and she would start to post about being a new parent as well as being a gay parent, and she would write posts about the kids hurting themselves on the first night, banging her head, one of the kids banging her head on the stairway, another time a two-year-old taking feces and uh, from the diaper and rubbing it all over the walls. What? Yes. And then uh, Marcus, a seven-year-old, vomiting so much it looked like uh, he needed an exorcism. What? Yes. So she's posting stuff like that. And again, you're supposed to be monitored, you know. And if you're not saying stuff like that to your friends, they're putting it out on social yeah. media. Someone's got to catch wind yeah. of this, correct? Yeah. Tom had to have seen that a long time ago and been like, hey, look at here. Nah, that's not good. Mm-hmm. Everybody had Tom as a friend on MySpace. Oh, Tom. Oh, yeah, I just got there right now. He's all <laughs> smiling back and whatever. Um, so, yeah, so Jen was huge on, on social media when it was just getting going. Uh, she was constantly posting about the kids. Uh, she posted about charity work that Marcus was doing, like in stores in the public. Mm-hmm. They had him uh, dressed up nice with a sign over his chest that said free hugs. So he's out in the community trying to, you know, bring people together of mm-hmm. all races because they were very progressive. Again, they're going to be people that go to festivals, that go to uh, not riots, but what is it called? Um, like protest. Protest and rallies. And they're bringing kids, small kids, to these. And I, I'm totally against that. 
And they're trying to use them as pawns. So, yeah. yeah. I'm against that. I'm against taking kids to, like, rallies or protests and stuff like that. Because it's not safe. It's not. It's not. And you'll see an example of that later. Yes. Um, So they were getting spotlight. They were getting a lot of likes. They were getting a lot of people, you know, know, uh, friending them because you see two white women that are progressive. They're lesbians. They're a couple. They're making their way in the world. (laughs) And they've got three black children. So oh, they're black too. They're black children, yes. So they do like black kids. Yes. Hmm. They they want you they want them for a reason. Is that like kind of like Angelina Jolie and <laughs> I can't there? speak for them. Uh, okay, okay. I, I don't know. Okay. But uh it, it does have that Jim Jones feeling. Remember when mm-hmm. he was like, I want kids of all the nations and all colors <laughs> who we are rainbow family. You know, they they, they like they like stuff like that. Mm. Um I think it's for a bad reason though. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think so too. Yeah, so that's so. This is uh. So you thought you know they're raising these kids, and and so far you know you're thinking okay maybe they shouldn't be taking them to these festivals maybe they shouldn't be doing all this stuff, but so far they're making it. There's no there's no um, abuse stuff. There's nothing that we know of at this point. Okay. So you fast forward a couple years. And uh, again, in the city of Texas, there become some kids that become available. And because Sarah and Jennifer had gone a couple years with no issues, well, they said yes to more fostering and adopting kids. More kids? And at this point, they have adopted the prior three. Oh, so they're theirs. So they're theirs. In two years, which is very quick. Less than two years. Wow. So now they're going to be offered another set of Three. three to make six. So wow. the state of Texas said yes and gave him five year old Devante, two year old, two younger siblings, Jeremiah and Sierra. So also wow. black. Yes, yeah, also those names. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, they black. Um, so the 2005 uh, problems with child protective services would not be investigated. Also in 2005, um, those three kids that were just adopted by Sarah and Jennifer. Um, were taken out of their homes because her mom was on crack, and mm. so so. And then the father tried to prevent them from being wards of the state, but he worked too much. He was a responsible guy. He wanted his children, but they would not give it to him because he had no mother at home or no one to watch the kids while he worked. That's mm. stupid. Yeah, That's so, stupid. So he gets no help. Like he has like, no rights after being a hardworking parent. Yeah, he was a hardworking parent he needs to find a nanny. Exactly. Hardworking parent, no criminal record, uh, from all aspects, stand-up dude. And, and he I even asked the state if they can have maybe some babysitting that he could pay like for. A daycare. A daycare, and then he would take them at night. He, he, he wanted his kids. And all three were his. All three were his. Wow. Yeah, so he was trying to keep his kids. That should not be allowed. It's jacked up. Yeah. They're and, your children. And here's the problem. While they're investigating this whole thing, the sister of the one that was on the mother, the crackhead, um, she basically was like, I'm clean, I'm sober, I have a job, I have a place for them to stay, I have helped them when I'm not when I'm at work, I would like to take care of my nieces and nephew. The state said, uh, we'll think about it. What? And as they're thinking about it, the kids go to, because uh, they actually put, him, put them in her per, uh, custody and what sucks is 
everything's running good for two months and then the mother was told to stay away from the kids but you know how it is with cps the one time the mother came by and broke the rules by seeing her kids unsupervised cps showed up Mm. and they took the kids saying you're violating the rules Mm. even though she was in a safe house but she just wanted her sister to see her kids she hadn't seen her kids in two months they took the kids so right there you have to go by the rules but they don't go by the rules exactly that's the frustrating part of this whole story wow they penalize certain people but they don't penalize the others and you know what I know about how it works because my sister did adopt Mm -hmm. my niece was adopted Um, they adopted really quick they fostered her newborn they had to go pick her up at the hospital and they brought her home, and yeah, not even two years in, probably less than a year, they were able to adopt her. But the reason is because the mom, the biological mom, wanted them to adopt her because she just kept relapsing with the drugs. Oh, so she didn't trust but herself. But she liked them. And trusted So, them. although the grandmother wanted her, uh, they did decide to grant her. The mom relinquished all her rights so that they could finally adopt her. Mm. And they only got crap because she's one percent Cherokee oh, and she's registered with the tribe they went through a bunch of crap because the tribe wanted her oh wow mm. but they finally were able to get through all that because of the doctors and she has health problems um but they only adopt kids like that only happens when for real the parents are a lost cause mm-hmm. when they've given you chances and you get cleaned up and you're trying but you fall back into the issues and your kid's not safe with you that's when you lose your rights to the child and the child goes up for adoption. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not while they're considering something. Not while the dad's trying to figure out, okay, how can I do this? I can take care of my kid. It's not like he was on drugs. He wasn't yeah. a criminal. Yeah. Yep. That is guy. not okay. That's completely against the law. Yeah, that's jacked up, to be honest. And the family was stepping up. In a lot of these cases, you know, they don't. So this one, they were stepping up. Yeah, they made a minor mistake, but the mom wasn't putting the kids in harm. She just wanted to see them. She was in rehab at the time. So it's not like she's on the street smoking in, or in jail, in and out of jail. She's in rehab. She's trying to get her life together. But she hadn't seen her kids in two two years or two years, two months. And it's like, try doing that to any mother. I, I'm going to be freaking pissed if something happens to those kids. Well, let's get moving with the story then. Um, here's a problem, too, with this part of the story, Matt. Um so while the while the father's filing petitions to save his the rights of his kids to himself, while the aunt is doing the same thing, Child Protective Services in Texas moves along and pushes the uh, kids into the system faster, through the system faster to get them to Je- uh, Jen and Jen, uh, Sarah in Minnesota. So they are granted custody at this point. Oh man! So yeah. So they definitely ain't going to see their kids anymore because. They can sent all the way to Minnesota. Yes. And, and and here's the other kicker. Because they did interstate, or not not the same state, but um, different states, there's no law for them to investigate the two women up in Minnesota mm. to check on mm-hmm. stuff like that. They're, so so that Child Protective Services in Texas cut corners, which they could do if, they're, if not checked. And there's no law for them to to do that now the right kind of agent would have and would have been flagged right away freaking bastards but they didn't do that so that's how that got pushed through so fast um 
so there was none of this in 2008. So that's how now the family of uh, five became a family of eight. Wow. Um, in the same month, the first first month that they got the children, young Hannah was in school and she went to the teacher. The teacher grabbed her and said, oh, we got to come over here. Uh, don't go to the quad. She went out. And they, she said, what's wrong, sweetie? And she's like, oh, nothing. And then she, the teacher looks at her arms, bruised up. Mm. She says, can I see you in the doctor's office real quick? She takes young Hannah over there. Hannah says, my mom, Jennifer, beat me with a belt. Well, what did you do? She goes, uh, I didn't eat all my food. And, and then so they, she lifts, the, the nurse lifts up her shirt, belt buckle bruises on the back of her back. Oh. And all over her buttocks. How old is she? She's seven. Um, so again, this is a first allegation of abuse. And the school comes down hard on them from Minnesota. The police come and investigate. Um, and you would think with something like this, you would... Because now these, you know, cause these kids are adopted at this point. The first, This is one of the first three. Mm-hmm. And uh, they don't take the kids out away from them. And they file a report, but nothing's ever done after that. Wow. So they didn't follow up anymore. No, they didn't follow up on it. And they preach. Well, I'm not going to say that state, but most people preach that kids are priority. We have to protect the kids. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So in 2009, they made it official. I'm um, sorry. It was, it was, uh, they went to Boston, got paperwork. But in 2009, they got legally married uh, in Connecticut. Uh, so that would allow gay marriage and they had the kids there. It was a big social media thing and they were playing along. Like, again, like everything was very good. Like in real life, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Perfect when it, family. Perfect family. Yeah. Um, Sarah and Jennifer though, uh, you know, as they paraded the kids around their friends there in Minnesota, <clears throat> their friends began to notice that the kids were very robotic. Like they came to them with a lot of personality, you know, high energy, very robotic strict just they told them to sit down they sat down they walked into people's houses in single file lines oh wow yeah it was it was very weird and people said that they didn't the neighbors said that they didn't see the kids for a long period of time oh wow they thought that they had lost custody or they moved back or whatever they would rarely see them outside the house they, they were, were stuck inside. always in the house yes and a lot of this is because of that first accusation they decided to take them out of school and homeschool all of them. Mm. So There's no witnesses. Exactly. I wonder what they must have done to the little girl for telling. <sighs> that part's not known. I can assure you she got it. Oh, yeah. I'm quite sure. Yeah. And so, like, getting back to someone else who, who cut people off a lot, uh, whenever any kind of negative comments were on social media or any of their neighbors, it was heard by others about... You know, hey, you're talking crap about the family, um, you know, whatever like that. She's like, who? These people need to go. I'm not going to have them in my life. <laughs> and she cut them off. And so they were losing friends left and right. I like Ooh. the passion in your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Means a lot to you, huh, Tom? Sure does. It's, per- <laughs> it's personal. Very personal. <laughs> if all those are wondering, it's a uh, the voice of the ex-wife. So, yeah. Yeah. She kind of talked like this, and the voice would go up and down when she drank too much. <laughs> <laughs> so she's she's my Jennifer right now. Mm. <laughs> so disrespectful. Yeah. 
So after cutting the kids off for an entire year of school, they decided to put them back in school. But young Abigail at now at this time, she's the uh, second one of the uh, the three. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought she was a baby. Oh, she's a baby. I'm sorry for the first one. Yeah, I'm sorry. See, you're keeping. I'm terrible with names. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she was six at this point, first grade. They find bruising on her arms and legs. Mm. Uh, she showed them more bruises again. And uh, let's see if you guys can guess why she was disciplined so harshly. What did she do as a six-year-old that that warranted her getting bruised up all over? I, I'm more likely something extremely stupid mm-hmm. that they beat her for. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say, okay, the oldest one got beat for not eating her food. I'm going to say she got beat for choosing the wrong cartoon. Okay. Yep. For spilling something. Spilling something? No, she... Uh, Jennifer found a penny in her pocket. And she said, where did you get this? And she said, I found it. Jennifer said, you stole it. And she said, I didn't steal it. I found it. It was outside on the floor. You stole it. That's stealing. Then beat the crap out of her. For a penny. Oh, man. What the hell's wrong with these women? A freaking penny. There's something, there is something wrong, especially with Jennifer. See, a normal reaction of a mother would be like, don't pick up stuff from the street because you don't know where it comes from, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, you want to clean your hands. It's not going to be like, no, you thief. The hell? They had no love at all for them. Yep, yep. And and here's the thing too. <clears throat> she had these women had these kids conditioned to talk to detectives or doctors or or CPS or whatever just in case something like this happened. Now she Abigail told her story over and over the same way to police. And they believed the young girl. However, when the police did their job and went to the, the house and interviewed each kid separately expecting to get the same story or some broken stories to realize that they were conditioned to lie the kids all told the same story contradicting their little daughter their sister mm. they stuck up for sarah and jennifer what? they were scared for themselves they were scared for themselves what the heck so despite this though despite this the cps filed six counts of neglect Stating that the kids, uh, you know, were getting punished for uh, certain things, such as, believe it or not, <clears throat> as they did their investigation, they <clears throat> noticed that the kids were underweight, mm. and they were all. And so Sarah and Jennifer said, "Well, they're they're vegan, you know, you know, they they don't really, you know, they eat a lot of plant based foods, um, you know, uh, this and that, and 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 they were like." Uh, that doesn't, you know, the kids are still, you know, there's, and then, and then they're like, oh, they're just small for their age. Have you seen their parents? And they're like, no, their dad's kind of tall. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, why are they so underweight for their age? Let me tell you something. As a black kid myself, the word vegan didn't exist in my <laughs> vocabulary. And coming we, from Texas. Yes. How many Texas vegans do you have? Not too many. We... We didn't even eat vegetables growing up as kids. We we kind of pushed those aside and threw them away when my mom was looking. Well, I think it was collard greens and corn, and usually those are drowned in butter yes. and, and other stuff, you know. Yes. I think it depends. Like, for me, I tried the plant-based to a certain level, not mm-hmm. completely with my daughter because she has thyroid issues. Mm-hmm. And because she can't have soy, and it mixes with her medication, she can't have certain things. So I tried... And I do that, but I still let her have the regular things. I just make sure that I mix them both in. 
But if they're not really getting the nutrition from what you're trying to do, then obviously you got to change it up. Yeah. Now, see, now see, here's the thing, though. The Johnsons were the CPS. <laughs> because the police department in Minnesota at the time, a lot of people get after them what happened recently. But at this point, they are looking out for the, 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 kids. the, the kids. They're doing their own investigation. That's where the six counts of neglect came from because – during the the investigation, they found out. Talk. They went to the schools, and talked to the kids. And other kids were saying, "Yeah, the Hart family kids. They're often asking us for food, mm. like for more. They finish their lunch and they ask us for more. They've seen a couple of them rummaging through trash cans for food. Oh wow! They're starving. They're starving. Yeah. Starving. And then through more investigation, they got a couple kids to crack. One of them said that uh, I think it was the oldest said that. They had ordered pizza one night. Sarah and Jennifer said the kids can only have one slice. How do you give one slice to the kids? Look at here, man. <laughs> and so you know what the punishment was? What? For having the one, you know, because what, what the crime was the next day, Sarah and Jennifer are going to make breakfast. They realized one of the pizza boxes is missing. During the night, one of the kids went down there and said, screw it, we're hungry, grabbed one of the pizza boxes, and, and they dished out the pizza to the rest of the kids, and they had another slice or two. What's wrong with that? Nothing wrong with that. But the kids got all got punished a day in, up in, uh, locked in their room, no food. See, man. Yeah, that's complete abuse. That's complete abuse. That's, that's hatred. That's ne- all the above neglect. I hope they, yeah. Yeah. Now, see, the police do the job of the CPS, gather six, like I said, infractions, everything, right? All this evidence thrown on the paperwork and the desk of the CPS of Minnesota. What do you think they do? Well, from the sound of it, I think they just uh, lose it within their pile of papers and their files and, and tuck it away somewhere and forget all about it. I agree. They put it away. What Matt said. Oh, well, man. <laughs> See, that's been going around all day today. You know what? You guys. So, so basically what happens is, well, we'll get to that when we get to that. You know, Matlock is coming on. That's a great episode. Matlock. That's where he wins the case against those youngsters. And they just totally said they're not doing nothing about it. Come on. But you know what? Something sound fishy when they quickly allowed them to adopt mm-hmm. and they quickly just let they the, get rid of all, the, the black kids out like, oh okay yeah 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 yeah. go, go take mm-hmm. them take them yep. take malachi They're that's more jacked concerned up concerned with how many kids are in the system and not wanting them in the system that they don't like look into people mm-hmm. they don't do like a thorough checkup of them and they just give them up one yeah. less one less mouth to feed like better not necessarily because they're getting paid it's because they don't want the responsibility, and they think, well, a home is better than no home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pass them on. And, and here's the thing. Again, all these charges filed by the police, the CPS had to sign off on it. They didn't. And CPS gave them probation. That's mm. it. Probation. That's all they got. There was no follow-up visits, no monitored visits like you would get. Like Again, that happened to me because a neighbor got pissed off about something that we did. And that I didn't even know about. They called Child Protective Services on me. I had to jump through hoops for three weeks. And they had monitored things. And, and I did nothing wrong. There was no abuse. It was just a stupid allegation. And, and same thing that they put the allegation on me and my wife at the time. So 
that angers me that I would have to go through that. These people are clearly abusing these kids, and nothing, nothing is, done. is done. You're a man, they're a woman. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. There's no trust for the man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, two. So after this second time of uh, of being put in the spotlight, they said no more public schools. We're going to homeschool them again, mm. and again as the teachers of the schools were like, hey, look, don't you see something fishy here? Something happened with these kids. It was proven that we were right on our uh, uh, allegations. The police did their investigation. What are you doing? They're going to pull these kids out so that we don't see any evidence, future evidence. They're clearly getting abused. Do something. And CPS was like, all right, but didn't do anything. You know, they just like waved them off and walked away. They did not follow up on it at all. So, what are you guys thinking so far? So far, I want to kick the crap out of the CPS agents who was allowing all this to just fly under the radar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, through all this, they should have been sending somebody. Easily. Even a, a private investigator to, you know, spy on them for a little bit just to check what's going on. Go over there, just stake out, you know, sit in the car for a few hours, and you... For me, if I'm sitting out in a few hours and I don't see the kids come out at all, there's something wrong. Something's wrong. Kids, kids should be outside. Make, make part of their probation that the kids stay in public school. Yeah, yeah, yeah something. They're not allowed to keep something. them in the house. Because at least the teachers were looking out for them. Yeah. Yeah. So because of this, Sarah and Jennifer decide to say, hey, you know what? Um, this is because the white women in this town and other races in this town that just can't stand the fact that two lesbians... And all those homophobes don't like the fact that we're lesbians and we have black children. So we're going to take the kids out of here. So they're posting on social media how the city's racist, how people are against them. They're getting hate mail. They're the victims. They're the victims. I ain't going to lie. That would trigger me an alert, too. If I, like, say, let's say I'm a black guy and I say, no, I only want to adopt white kids. Mm -hmm. I would look into that. I'm like, why why in particular he wants white kids only? Like you know what I'm saying, or I only want Native American kids. It, don't send me no one else except Native American. That would that would signal an alert for me, mm-hmm. and for them to just only no, we just want black kids, we just want African American kids. Yeah, because normally people that can't have a family, they really they're gonna take what they can get. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're gonna be happy to be parents and give somebody a chance. Yeah, and you and you've seen how like my ex, you know, like her, you know, the kid's step step sister is super dark, mm-hmm. and I walk around with her like when I'm when, when we used to babysit her, and uh, you know, walk around in the, the mall, you get looks, you know, because yep. she's dark and I'm light, you know, they're yeah. like, you know, mm-hmm. why is why my is she? My parents here? got looks because of me. Yeah, people yeah. People were asking if I was adopted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All I mean, my that's... siblings are lighter skin and they're all tall. Yeah. I'm the only short little dark one, and they're like, <laughs> "Where does she come from?" <laughs> What's well, well, that's what I'm saying. Like you, you got to know that you're going to get that attention. Yeah. yeah. Well, we didn't get that. I know. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I didn't get that. Yeah. <laughs> Both my parents are black. <laughs> you didn't have to deal with that. <laughs> I had to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, so. uh, yeah. If you came around, Todd, and, they, and they, you were walking with me when we were younger, they'd be like, uh, "Something ain't right there." <laughs> I'd be like, "I'm his brother. Trust me." <laughs> <laughs> call, call CPS. <laughs> yeah. They kidnapped him. White child kidnapped. Man. <laughs> um, so they started homeschooling him again. They're on social media, also saying, "Look at this! They're coloring. They're all they're all doing activities together, and they're learning, and they're doing everything right." But uh, the truth of the matter is, is Jennifer was 
taking pictures and photographing like she's teaching them, but she was heavy into role-playing games and running campaigns like World of Warcraft. And you know, campaigns mm. can take anywhere from 24 hours to two weeks. It's where you get a gang of people together and you fight on the online games, mm-hmm. do all these missions. It takes a while. Mm-hmm. So she's up all day and night while Sarah's working at the department store, being a manager and everything. So nobody's re- really watching the kids. Or feeding them. Mm. Yeah, and but it, when sense. Jennifer wants to, she'll punish them. She might feed them. These stupid hosts don't deserve anything. Absolutely. Well, we can't say off with their wing, so... Uh, <laughs> yeah, what do you take off? What do we take off? Off with the hoo-ha. Oh. oh. Dang. Wow. Gabby, don't discriminate. Jeez, oh, she doesn't. How you're would being that... abusive. Let's say you're not being sexually abusive, then yeah. chop their hands off. Mm. Mm. That, that could See be See what you too. can do with the arms. That could be there, too. Gabby, don't discriminate. I'll tell you that. <laughs> hey, anybody that abuses a kid deserves the worst punishment. Absolutely. I agree. A child is defense. I mean, like... Yeah, defensively. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, if anybody knows the West Coast of things, because we're going to head back over to the West Coast. We seem to like it a lot. Yes. Um, they actually moved from Minnesota in 2010 to Oregon. Oh, okay. Just outside of Portland. Now, Portland is one of the most liberal cities in all of America, next to San Francisco. Beautiful, though. It is beautiful, but their people are kind of crazy. And, and they like to <laughs> protest and riot for just about everything. And because uh, this year uh, or was a lot. last year it was uh, yeah, after George Floyd th- and after the nation had calmed down, they had rioted like an yeah, additional 150 that's true. days. That's true. Every night there was a riot was there. A riot. Mm-hmm. How did I not know? Oh, yeah. It was, it, well, the news didn't want the news didn't you know. really cover well, it that much. But if you watch certain. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah, you saw it on social media. It's like another day of riots in, in uh, Portland. Yep. Um, so they go up there and they actually get a big house. They get uh, several loans. So because, you know, they're, they're lesbian and, and so and they're moving to a progressive city, the, the banks see that they're, you know, adoptive parents. So they're getting free. Exemplary family. Exactly. So progressive. Give them everything. So brave and stunning. <laughs> you know, so Give them a mansion in the woods overlooking the lake. You know, they got a farm <laughs> with, with acreage and animals. Mm. So they got a, a, a lot of stuff. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, so despite all the stuff from Minnesota, they wind up moving to Oregon. Oregon Child Protective Services is not notified by Minnesota. So, because usually you leave a state, you got to report things. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All so they did, clean slate. Clean slate, and all they did was they they transferred the checks to Oregon. That's it, dude. Like, here you go. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and these kids are still being fostered. Uh, yeah, they're still in the process of getting the other the other three as adopted. Mm-hmm. The first three were already adopted. Don't tell me they're gonna get more. During the story time. No. You know, normally that's hard. Mm-hmm. When you're fostering to move out of the state, those kids are taken from you, placed in the state, and you got to find kids somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. These kids are just going all over the place with them. Mm-hmm. And I feel bad for that dad, man. It's like, dang, you working all... The first three? Yeah, for the, for the, well, the last three, right? Yeah. It was the yeah. first three. It was it was the, the, first? No, it was the last it was three. Yeah, the first three were... Yeah, the second batch? Yeah, the yeah, second batch. Yeah. I thought it was the first No. They're, and they're still fighting for them at this, at this point. In this this year, but and they and they still have not seen their well, that, their that, aunt or their mom or their or their dad. That gave us a little uh, clue, <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel sorry for them because it's like you're fighting, you fought for your children, and because you're working hard, they take them away from you, and then they go from Minnesota. Now they go all the way to Oregon. It's like. Mm-hmm. You get crap for not taking care of exactly. children, but then you get crap because you're really trying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you don't deserve them. <laughs> and here's the thing, too. Uh, 
people only saw them come out to take care of the animals. So they weren't even playing. Nothing the kids like were that. never out. They were never out, uh, even on a big, you know, like kind of farm like that. Something. Yeah, nothing. They did. They didn't go out. Nothing. They were all over social media in pictures. They went to festivals again, like hippie type bands and <laughs> protests of certain, uh, you know, social justice things. They were huge on social justice. SJW. So any 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 person that you know was uh, like a black man or someone of a different race getting harmed by the police or something else like that, discriminated on. Guess who was taking those kids to those uh, those protests? These are all ki- a lot of kids under ten. Most of them. At Come this point. with me to fight for the rights of the world, but you don't have rights. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. So instead of like taking them somewhere fun, a park or or amusement park, they're taking them to protest. Not just that, the hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. You're abusing these kids, yet you're trying to stand up for other people who are abused. Yeah, take care of your home first, which they can't. Hypocrites. Yep. So, uh, yeah, there's just there's just a lot more, you know incidents where people are noticing the fact that the kids are not eating and some of the neighbors are like they don't look like the the right kind of uh parents uh the another incident happens at school with with uh trash digging dumpster diving for food and uh it's reported and the portland cps gets involved and uh begins to see that uh you know uh some stuff is not right they find out that they're taking them to music festivals, social justice par- uh, protests, all those things like that. Uh, they come by to see the kids, and they find that Hannah, who is now 11 at this point in 2010, is missing both uh, her upper and lower front teeth. Mm. And CPS was like, okay, as they're checking her out, they're checking her weight, and she weighs as much as a healthy 7-year-old, although she's 11. What, 90 pounds? Um, no, twice. Like, like 70, 70, 60 or 70, yeah, you're right. Yeah, man, see. And you know what's the, the interesting? Um, Not interesting. I actually seen a kid at the school I worked with. I can't remember which one. But I saw him dumpster diving for food. That's sad. And I felt bad. And it <clears> wasn't <throat> like they were homeless. Uh, I think it was a single mom. And she was, you know, living in a shelter. And so he was uh, really hungry. And... I saw him digging in the trash can. I just, I told him, I was like, hey, man, you know, are you okay? He didn't speak English. And I was like, you know, comida? And he's like, si, si, si. And so I went to the cafeteria. I was like, hey, can I get another, you know, plate? And I gave it to him. And he was, he, he scarfed it down, man. Poor kid. Yeah. Poor kid. I remember that. I remember that was like early in my years when I was working. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you almost want to take those kids home and like mm-hmm. feed them because you feel so bad. And you know, was embar- he was embarrassed to do it in front of the kids. Or in, and I guess, I don't know if he didn't speak English, so he couldn't ask the other kids, mm-hmm. you know. The, and if they did, they didn't give it to him. So he waited till everyone the lined up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he waited till everybody lined up and went down to go to the uh, play. And then that's when he stayed around and Poor was kid. like trying to look for it. So Sad, sad stories, man. Yeah. Um, well, CPS in this one. They asked uh, the parents what happened to her teeth. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, she quote unquote fell down the stairs. Yeah, right. Yet they never reported it or took her to the dentist or the doctor. Nothing. And so by that, CPS followed up with, uh, hey, you got to go to the doctors. And we're going to take all these kids and we're going to, you know, check them out. And, uh, you know, they said, <clears throat> they said that the kids were skinny because they all liked vegan 
uh, foods and, and yeah, they were tr- and they like to eat fresh and from the farm animals, you know, if anything. Man, if I'm one of them CPS agents and I, she told me that, I'm like, man, lady, knock it off. If that's the case, <laughs> then your kids would be healthy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're eating natural. And so the Portland CPS, being the hillbillies that they are, were like, oh, no. well, it sounds like the true story because uh, I once had an auntie's plumber who was a direct TV salesman who was a vegan, and that guy was pretty skinny. So I think those progressive city folk are just being skinny over here. Case closed, Johnson. Yep. <sighs> the Johnson Award. Goes to CPS. Jesus. So what do you think kind of fun these kids would have besides the social justice stuff? Probably reading books. Anything else? What kind of activities that they would get out to be doing? Drawing. Well, think social media. Think think something that's a show-off. You've got black mm. kids, your white parents. What's going to make you look so much better like you're saving the world? Besides the social justice stuff. Probably going around giving food to the homeless or something like that. That's one. Beach cleanups, nature. Well, just like volunteering. <laughs> yeah, a oh, bunch yeah. of volunteering. So on the days that can't actually get out, instead of doing something fun, they're doing nothing but stuff that is going to make the parents look great on social media. Mm-hmm. And they're just like doing. They're raising wonderful children. Mm-hmm. These kids are so conscious about the world. They are going to be the new leaders of the world thanks to us. <sighs> they know how to play the system. Oh yeah. And, and and then the they were looking at CPS was like all right we made the right move you know like like they're doing great so they let them continue this stuff wow. um, so then now we're fast forwarding to 2014 mm. uh, it's Portland Oregon that is way too recent for all this crap to be happening mm-hmm. oh you'll see when it when it ended too it's not it's just around the corner um so Portland Oregon was. One of the areas the, that's birthplace for Antifa and Black Lives Matter. So they were having a protest with uh, from an uh, unarmed black man being killed in another city. So not even in Portland. That's how progressive Portland is. They're like, oh, it didn't happen here, but we're still going to protest. Mm-hmm. We're still going to jack up our city. So there, this is not a peaceful protest, mind you. This is a protest where there's some damage and looting being done. Um, they bring the kids there. All six of them. Why not? Come on. With posters, and they got young Devante, who was the oldest one at the time, wearing a sign around his chest again with a fedora and a leather jacket saying, free hugs. Now, you might remember this picture because it went viral because a Portland newspaper reporter took a picture of it. Poor Devante was hugging a white police officer in riot gear, and he was crying. And the white police officer said, I'm sorry that you have to see this. I'm so sorry. And he began to cry, and it was posted across the nation as him, Devante, trying to bring peace and trying to be, uh, you know, a, a hope for, for uh, you know, y- y- unity. unity. There you go. There you go. So that went viral. But there were several people that said that Devante had been crying prior to walking up to the police officer because he was a scared. Yeah. There was all kinds of chaos going around him. It must have been terrifying. And he was pushed by the parents to go hug the police officer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you thinking, Matt? It, it just pissed me off, man. I don't believe kids, like I said, I don't believe kids should be a part of this. No protesting, no uh, 
social justice, anything. They don't have the capacity to understand no. any of it. Leave yep. kids out of that. I, I don't care what the protest is about. It could be about social justice. It can be about <laughs> free books. Like, no, like, let them. They're being traumatized already. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was pretty scary for him. His other siblings were crying. So uh, no, not to cut you off, but th- th- here's why: you might be okay, like the parents might be civilized, but you can't trust other people around you. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? You, you might be protesting for a right cause. Hey, we want free, we want a raise in our in our you know pay, and everyone's going out there, even with the teachers when they when they struck, you know, teacher strikes and all that stuff. Don't bring the kids around because you might have one lunatic teacher who will set it off, and then. Everything happens. Yeah, it's like, you, especially nowadays, you can't trust people. Kids could be trampled. Yep. All kinds of stuff, you know, pushing, shoving, everything. Yep. <clears throat> so this wasn't the right move at all. Um, another twist to this story is um, a lot of people started to call it out for what it was. It was fake and scripted. But the mainstream media used it as, hey, this is frontline news. It was on CNN. It was everywhere, right? Now, the the... One thing about this is you would have thought that Devante and his show of of um, unity would grant them access to television shows, all kinds of stuff to have. Um, um, what do you call it? Uh, what's that called? Publicizing what he was doing and putting it out there, trying to call, uh, you know, get his side of the story, why he did it, the parents and everything. They were offered by several radio stations TV stations to appear. Even our boy Dr. Phil wanted them on there. Yeah, that's the picture. That's the picture right there. That's young Devante. Mm. Um, He looks scared. Yeah, he's crying right there. And uh, so anyway, uh, Sarah and Jennifer said no. Now, and and their reasoning was, we don't want to put our kids out there in harm's way. We don't want to put them on social media. Wait, what? What? Their entire lives have been on social media. So, in the end, it, it was... It was theorized that it was scripted and she didn't want Devante to spill the beans yeah. or them to make it look bad because it didn't make any sense. You're 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 pretty much putting your kids out there all the time and then the moment you they get viral proudly represented. Yeah, they don't take advantage no. of it. Yeah. They turn everybody down. So that happened. That's a red flag right there to me too. Yeah, because they said, Oh, we don't want to exploit things, you know, we and, and they were trying to say that they got death threats for that picture. And which I didn't see any of. I saw a lot of people saying, oh, my God, that's beautiful. We need more of this. You know what I mean? Like, because the media was playing it out there, you know. So. Wow. What do you what do you think about that, man? Uh, <laughs> the, the hypocrisy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. This is Sarah and Jennifer girls, man. I, yeah, bro. Yeah. Twisted. Twisted. So. So, again, they're they're still working now. At different, um, where Sarah's working at Kohl's now, she's moved up, but she got a higher position. But they had to move again now to Washington, so they went north. Mm. So this is a uh, 2017, in late 2016, she said, "This year was the hardest year of our lives with everything going on." Blah 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 blah. You know, we need to move. They were very very anti-Trump. It was around the whole Trump, uh, you know, election. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so they figured uh, we need out of, you know, because we're progressive uh, and we're hated on, even though we're in the most progressive state, we're moving up to Washington. So they moved up to Washington. It's pretty liberal. (coughs) Yeah, it's pretty liberal there, too. Um, So they're fine, right? Yeah. Um, 
they're up in there in the summer in Washington for all of about a month. And the DeKalb family is next door. You know, DeKalb. like, yeah, they share a driveway. There's two, you know, they don't have the big home like they had in Oregon anymore, but they have a big enough home. And again, when you move, you got to make sure with fostered or adopted kids that you have a big enough home for them. But most of the kids were sharing in one room. Mm. So they, mm-hmm. had, mm. they got the last three. At the ah, yeah. That sucks, That's man. Why. Yeah. So they got all six now. Um, so, again, a couple weeks in there, uh, the DeKalb family is fast asleep. It's two in the morning when all of a sudden there's a pounding on the door. Boom, 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 boom. And they're like, oh, crap. So the father comes down with a gun because he's thinking, who the, heck, who the heck's knocking on the door? Because it's not like they're in the city. They're still in the outskirts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they open the door, and it's young Hannah. And young Hannah's at the door, and she says, she's just in a blanket, nothing else. And she says, I'm being abused by my parents. They keep beating me. I'm starving. Please hide me. I, I got to get away from them. And she runs past the, the wife who's coming down the stairs, and she runs upstairs and hides in one of the closets. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, what do you do at that time? It's 2 o'clock in the morning. Like, I know it's a kid, but you got to protect your family. I'm not saying he's a shooter or anything like that, but you just, I don't know, man. I don't know what I would do at that situation. Yeah, and this is a white family, too. So they yeah. see a young black girl running to their house, and, and they're not scared. The mom's just like, there's trauma here. So she runs up there to try to talk to young Hannah, try to hold her hand, calm her down. A few minutes come by, and all of a sudden they see flashlights heading towards the house, and it's the entire Hart family. It's the two moms, and it's the five other kids. And there, and the you know Jennifer comes up there and knocks on the door, talks to the husband, and says, "Oh my God, you know the, our daughter's so dramatic, and she's just having a you know a crazy time." And Sarah's trying to talk the situation down. And said, oh, "We're so sorry she intruded. You know, we're just we we had they, the kids were arguing and." Hannah, sometimes she, she, she's unstable, you know, we're trying to, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things, you know, these, these are kids that come from broken homes and we try to give them the best and she's just trashing the kids and trying to make themselves look better. Yucking it up, yucking it up and trying to have excuses for what happened. So before even the husband can like respond, Jennifer's taking over the conversation. Jennifer whisk, uh, Sarah's taking over the conversation. Jennifer whisk by the husband goes upstairs and and the mother's like, oh, you know, or the wife is like, oh, your daughter's up here. Doesn't say nothing to the the mom. Just goes up there. They're according to the 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 family. They were uh, she was up there, Jennifer, with Hannah, for several minutes. And then when she came down, Hannah was different. Her face demeanor had changed, and she apologized and said, I'm sorry. I was being overdramatic. Uh, I got into a fight with my my siblings and. I just, I freaked out. I'm so sorry. And she must have threatened her. And they, and they, everyone say, see, you know, this is what happened. And I'm so sorry, Jennifer said. And Sarah's like, yeah, we, you know, maybe we can make dinner for you guys as a, you know, to apologize because obviously this is traumatic. It's two in the morning. And the decabs looked at each other and they felt that let's play along with this. Let's not let them know that we're, we're on to them. them. Yeah. And so they're like, oh, yeah, everything's fine. You know, let us know if we can help, you know. I mean, we share a driveway. You know, we can help you out. And, yeah. You know, like, neighbors, we're doing the neighborly thing. And as soon as they left, the the wife and husband looked at each other and were like, let's keep an eye on them. Those kids are in trouble. You know, mm. like, that. there's something wrong there. They yeah. were definitely kindest. Yeah, they, they definitely didn't want to do that. So before they could even get a game plan, though, and mind you, it's 2 in the morning right now. They go back to sleep. 
Seven o'clock in the morning, they get knocks on the door, but they're too tired to get up. Eight o'clock in the morning, knocks on the door, too tired to get up. They don't really hear it. Nine o'clock comes. They finally come down to answer the door, and it's the entire Hart family with bringing an entire breakfast. The kids had cooked for the DeCabs. They're trying to butter them up. (laughs) Trying to butter them up. Trying to butter them up. Oh, they bought butter, all right. Yeah, they sure did. Uh, so this uh, this goes on. You know, they, they try to keep a good relationship with, with them, but they're monitoring things. The mother or the wife is writing down things as she sees. She's a stay-at-home mom. Smart mother. So she's writing down incidents with dates and everything. So as she's doing this, the husband one day after work is working on his truck in the, in the yard and March 15th, 2018, Devante comes by and says, hey, I need some tortillas. Can I have some tortillas, please? And he said, oh, you guys need, guys going to cook up something? He's like, I'm, I'm just hungry. Like, there's no food. They're not feeding us. And so he's like, oh, crap, okay. You know, he's going to give him tortillas. He goes, do you need anything else? He's like, no, we have some beans. Okay. Goes by. A couple days later, like, he's asking for food again. So then he's like, you know what? Um, is is uh, Jennifer, where's Jennifer at? Sleeping. Okay, next time she's away or sleeping, he goes, oh, I'll get you guys. He'll write a list, and I'll get you whatever you guys want. So the father, the cab guy, goes to the store and just buys a bunch of groceries for him. And he says, do you have a hiding place for them so that you can feed your siblings? And he goes, oh, yeah, I think we have something outside. He goes, I put all this food outside, or I'll, I'll take a refrigerator. I you like can, this, man. You can come to my garage, get the food out for them, feed them whenever you got got to okay like goes, this dude. yeah so he's like just make sure jennifer doesn't find out i know sarah's at work just you know so he's playing with them to help them you know what i mean like he's he's helping them to play by the rules so that they can still eat you know and and he goes because he could tell so he's telling his wife he's like oh my god you know we're having to feed these kids he goes i don't mind doing it but this has got to stop you know and and so like they're very concerned at this point yeah and uh they're 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 gonna notify uh cps which cps now is notified five days later after all the food incidents that hey you know she turned in all the paperwork she went to the office they're being they're like look we just want the best for those kids and obviously those women aren't providing the best for those kids yeah they all look traumatized so march 23rd um 2018 child services comes uh the decabs told them when sarah's gonna be home so it's like hey you want to get here when both of them are here they knock on the door and nobody answers they, they stayed knocking on the door. Nobody answers. Nobody answers. And they know they're home. But CPS says the kids and everyone, you can't hear a sound in there because they're probably threatened. Mm. So um, they CPS came next door and was like, hey, we're going to come back tomorrow. Or if they go out, let us know. You know, stuff like that. You know, because these are ser- serious allegations. It's like, okay. And they felt bad, but they had to do it. Yeah. You, you have to do that. You have to be responsible now. And they were. Um, so basically, here's where it starts getting more crazy. Uh. Um, so the next morning, uh, CPS was going to be on their way to um, investigate. And they were going to be there pro- probably around 10 o'clock before Sarah went to work because they had come in the evening prior. Um the decab father came out to go to work and he noticed that the big SUV that the family had a really nice Yukon was missing, was not there. And the brick wall that they had a retaining wall was hit. Like, like it was, it was, a uh, 
it was pushed over like mm. the bricks were, were broken it looked like someone got out of there real quick and he asked his wife he's like hey did anyone leave this morning was they making noise no i didn't hear nothing didn't hear nothing so they knocked on the door went around looking in the windows nobody was home so they're like oh crap you know wonder what happened um so what happened was they got a phone call uh at Coles. sarah says i'm calling in to work i'm not coming in and uh you know and she never called off work she was at work all the time and they were like okay well are you okay she's like yeah i'll be in tomorrow sunday all right so it's a saturday so she calls in sick and uh you know every the, the next day comes and it's now sunday march 26 and there's no phone call no show for sarah at Coles. Mm. and uh one of her employees goes over to the house sees nothing there no car there and they're like man it just isn't like her you know she's a supervisor she should have been opening up so they actually call for a welfare check for the police. Mm. Yeah. So the police are notified. They're going to come over and check on the house. Maybe they can gain entry. Or if they see something suspicious, they'll go in, you know. And uh, so March 26, um, there is a area on the California coast, Mondesino. Uh, it's, it's usually like a... Mendocino. Mendocino. Mendocino there you uh-huh. go. It's like a rocky, it's like Westport area. No, exactly. There's a lake, yeah. Yeah, and there's a lake, and there's also like an overview of the ocean, mm-hmm. and there's rocks down below and everything. Now, picture this. You're a couple from out of the country, like Sweden. I think oh, it's Sweden man. or something like that. And they're and they're walking along the, the, the rocky area, beautiful sunrise. It's 7 in the morning. You know, it's, it's really pretty. And, uh, you know, this is your first time to America, and you're walking around, and then you... You go, hey, honey, look at look at the waves crashing on the rocks down there. Like, What's that? And 100 feet below, they see the upside-down Yukon in on resting on top of the rocks with the water and ocean crashing against oh. them. And so they call the paramedics and the fire department. They come down there, rescue team, the police department from California. And as the police are doing the welfare check up at the the house, the Hart family house, uh, they they don't see anything, and uh, you know they're they're like, oh well, maybe we should try to ping their cell phone, you know, because they haven't been seen in a couple of days. And as they're they're pinging it, it's you know it's now in California. They're seeing that the cell phones were in California, and they're like, oh crap, you know, maybe they went on a you know a trip or something getaway. And uh, so as they're at that same time, they're making the rescue they're, They go down there and they find that there's uh, two women in still strapped in their in their seats, obviously deceased because the car's partially submerged. And then there's three children in one of the back rows, just three. And uh, and they're still in their seat belts. They're obviously deceased. Mm. And um, so so they're like, crap, you know, like they're in their seat belts. We have to. You know, let's let's remove the truck. It's a crime scene where we don't know if it's a crime scene or an accident. So they bring in a crane and they're lifting the the SUV up. They thought Sarah was in her seatbelt. As they almost get her to the top, her body falls out. Oh. And it goes into the rocks, further damaging her face or disfiguring everything. Dang. So they but they do run the license plate and they realize it's the Hart family. So now it's getting back to where they're at in Washington. They notify the police up there. People are freaking out. Like, oh, my God, what a freaking tragedy. What happened? 
and it's making the news stories of like, oh, wow, you know, the, where are the other kids and what happened? And so the police is they're pretty much they realize that this SUV has a black box like an airplane. It's one of the newer trucks. It basically tells you all its movements, what it what its speed, when it was driven, when it wasn't, where it's at. The GPS are like, well, let's investigate the, the GPS and see what's going on. So they were able to see that it had made tracks from uh, Washington all the way down, stops at a Safeway. So they, they checked the Safeway surveillance camera. It showed uh, Jennifer uh, shopping, buying a bunch of like snacks, drinks, and stuff you would buy for a road trip, bunch of food. And then it also showed her buying, though, a really crazy amount of Benadryl mm. and, and the, the tablets. Mm. And so she bought a lot of tablets. And uh, she didn't, you know, the police were like, wow, it looks kind of suspicious, all that kind of stuff. And then, so then, uh, you know, they, they tracked the movements and then it stopped at a, 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 like a truck stop for a while, you know, sleep or whatever. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're still trying to figure things out. And, uh, you know, when they're identifying who's in there, uh, it was Marcus at the age of now 19. He was the only teenager at this point because mm-hmm. he was the oldest when he was adopted. Uh, Jeremiah, who's 14, Abigail, who's 14, that was in their, their seats. Um, those were the uh, those are the only ones that were found in the in the truck. The first three. The first. Well, well, no, two of those. They were mixed. In, mm, yeah. Okay. Now, Marcus at 19 was still going through this. Yeah. Yep. Ugh. So, here's the other problem, though. Uh, 16 year old. Hannah and 12-year-old Sierra were missing. So they figured, were they in the truck? But they were finding evidence that they were in the truck. They won't reveal what that was. But it would take two weeks later, divers would try from northern part of the coast, following the current down to the southern part of the coast, out 15 miles each direction. The Coast Guard, they did an intensive search trying to find these kids. They would literally find only the foot of young Hannah two weeks later, the foot. The foot, that's it. Oh. And then they would find uh, bits and pieces of Sierra that washed up on the beach. <sighs> yeah, so the, the uh, wildlife, the ocean wildlife got to most of the, the two bodies. Um, We're still missing Devante. Still missing Devante. His body, to this day, has never been recovered. No, no sign of him. No, oh, nothing. man. Now... At first, people were thinking, "Did Devonte do this?" But there's no, there's been no trace of him since. They're thinking that his body flew out, mostly, you know, went the furthest out in wildlife. Was, yeah, wildlife lost at sea, never washed up, because that that morning, in particular, the the way the was it? it was it was getting what is that called? A uh, uh, the current was pushing back out, mm. so it wasn't pushing everything to the. To the to the uh, the shore. The shore. It was pulling it out. Mm. So like a current, rip current. Um, so yeah, his his body was never found. It took two years up until 2020 for them to legally um, declare, declare him, him dead. dead. Yeah. So, what happened? So in the first initial two weeks before they even found the the bodies and everything, they would go through. Um, the truck's black box and realized that again the last movements of the truck was at the cliff where they found the tire tread and it was a hundred yards from the cliff 
and the black box recorded the last movements of the truck flooring it at 90 miles per hour off the cliff and once it made it off the cliff her foot was still on the pedal it was still pushing the truck as until it made impact with the rocks and they checked on the autopsies Jennifer's blood alcohol level was two times the legal limit oh man Sarah had 42 Benadryl pills in her system so she knocks out. She probably was happened. out. She was out. And the kids each had between seven and ten pills in their system. The ones so that they, they were, were out. Hopefully. I hope so. That's the only thing I could hope for is that they didn't feel it or see it or nothing. Oh, man. Why not just say you cannot care for the kids? What you go looking for all this, go through all that freaking drama, abuse the kids their entire life just so you can commit suicide and kill them all. Yeah. And and so once they did the toxicology, they started going through their phones, their computers, and they found on Jennifer's and Sarah's questions to Google, like, how long will it take you to die of hypothermia? Uh, is drowning painful? Uh, how much pills to knock one, one out? Uh, just all these death questions and the impact of it. And the police started to see that they were getting stressed out because of money because the fact that they were likely going to lose the kids. This was the third state they've moved to with allegations. The abuses that was going to be known. Their social media career would be over. Uh, They would be chastised by a lot of people because they knew apparently that there was uh, factual stuff that was coming out about their physical abuse on the kids too. Mm. So they just said, screw it. But then they said that there was... It seemed that there was evidence that by buying all that food that they were thinking of maybe just maybe making it into a trip and maybe not going ahead with a suicide. But at some point, they turned it into a murder-suicide. They went along with it. So that was the ruling in that case right there. I bet you that the cop family felt sick when they found out about that. Yeah, they were interviewed after, and um, they said that although they had just moved there, they wished they had done a lot more and that they were grief-stricken by the whole thing. Like, they had to go to counseling themselves Mm. because those kids, they said they felt so bad for those kids. And the, uh, what is it, the um, parents, again, of both sets never saw their kids again after they were adopted, which they had the right to at some point. Did that dad sue CPS? Uh, that I don't know, but I did know that the um, the state had opened up criminal charges uh, and also an investigation against the Texas State of Adoptions and CBS. There was investigations into the um, what is it, the Oregon one because Washington actually did its job, but just did it too late. It just mm-hmm. it was just a day too late. But Oregon, because uh, I guess Washington was going to drop the hammer on them. Like they did their they did their investigations. They knew about the the beatings and the belt buckles and all that. Oregon didn't do it fast enough. Minnesota sure as hell didn't. And so so there was this opened up a lot of can of worms. And there also is civil suits going on right now. I'm not sh- I know the the mom sued the state too, which she's actually since it's all happened she's fully uh, what's it called she's uh, recovered recovered or in still in recovery but like clean and sober. Oh, okay. And and but but that family sued. I, Heck uh, yeah. I don't know if the father did. Out of boy, out of sued the whole. Yeah, but those six kids, and that's like like the Netflix special about that poor um, 
That's Get, what I was going to talk about, yeah. Yeah. Which one? Well, go ahead. The one that we watched. That was hard to name? watch. Um, uh, yeah, they'll look it up. But Hernandez? Fernan- oh, the football player? No, the child. Yeah, a little child that was uh, abused by his oh, mom and dad. Oh, by his mom and dad, and she they locked him up in the cage. and locked him. Him. Oh, um, Hernandez. Um, Aaron, not Aaron. No, uh, that's the Julio? player. Was it Julio Hernandez? We know, I know what you're talking about. That was in L.A. Yeah, well, San Bernardino. That was out by yeah. you guys. But, um, but see, this is another thing where they have all these cases that, again, the CPS usually does one of you know one of two things. They either come too hard on parents that maybe make a slight mistake, and then on parents that it's egregious, it falls through the cracks somehow. These are six kids. That if watch when you Google their pictures, man, and I'll pull it up right now while Gabby's okay. looking at the other thing right now. Um, these look like the most innocent kids that should not have gone. Through well, I saw. Thing. I pulled the picture with him hugging the. Police yeah, you saw Devonte. Yeah, see, let me that's show you. That's Sarah. Gabriel Fernandez. Gabriel Fernandez. Fernandez there you go. There's other ones. There's Christian. Um, that one looks mixed. Also. That kid. See, that's not the same as I think these three are the same. She's from another one right here. But those are the two women right there. Those are four of the six. I can tell who's Jennifer. And here's, oh shoot, where is it right here? Let me enlarge that. Uh, yeah, right here. Well, I know this is not good for the actual <laughs> listeners right here because we're not showing it. But here's them doing like free hugs, and there's a six kids. That's the nineteen year old. Yeah, right here. He looks mixed. I mean, they were said as being black. So yeah, but yeah. yeah. But he's here. There's Devonte right there. His body Devante. was never found. But these poor young kids right here. That's what they would do. See, it says embrace the revolution. There are nothing but social justice things. See how skinny they are? Yeah. Like he's too skinny. Like his face is doesn't match his body. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Yeah. And they're just right here loving the social media. So that's the story of the Hart family, unfortunately, uh, you know, getting facing the demise that they did. The system has failed so many children that have lost their lives. Yep. <sighs> and they never get the consequences that they deserve either. No, they don't. And see, when you have pictures like this, what are you thinking? You're thinking, oh, what a happy family. You know, they're they're goofing off. They're having a great time. If they only knew. If they only knew. You know, it's all facade. Oh, man. How sad. I mean, look at this little girl right here. The collarbone. Yeah. You can tell right you can there, dude. The collarbone. She's freaking starving. And him, he's got skinny hands. These don't look like kids that are Yeah, his face. Way. No, no, no lie. I don't know. You know, big boy in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how he had the uh, the lap surgery? band. You know, yeah, and his surgery. His head is still the size that he was, and but now his body's super skinny. That's what Devonte looked like. Mm-hmm. His head is his body don't fit his head. Exactly. That's sad, man. Yeah, all six of those beautiful kids are gone, man. That's so sad. I feel bad for this one. This one's tough. I told you, man. This this one pissed me off, dude. When I did the research on this one, it pissed me off, dude. And you know what? The the one where he's crying with the police officer. Mm-hmm. Do you think those are also tears of help? It could be. Maybe he was like, "Dude, you're a police officer. Save me. Please. Help me." You know everything he's been through. You know, oh, man. Yeah. 
Look at that, though. Look how skinny they are right there. Yeah, man. Look at his neck. You can see his veins. Yeah, man. See? These kids were taken from the real parents so young, dude. Yeah, because I think these, these three are the one set right here, and these are the ones from Texas right here. Rest in peace to the six kids. Those other two women. If you can't handle it and want to kill yourself, why the hell are you taking it against the children? Yep. That's probably somebody else. No, actually, wait, is it? Yeah, that is, uh... That's the... No, it's, no, that's it's another a different one. Yeah, it's family. different one, yeah. Yeah. But... <sighs> that's the story? That's the story right there, man. Well, thank you, Todd Fox, for breaking down that story. That was uh, definitely heart-wrenching. Um, especially when it involves kids, man. Oh, this is this is the maternal father right there, and then that's the that's the um, the mother. No, the um, the, the aunt. The aunt that fought for it because, yeah, she was a hard worker and he was trying to keep him to it. So. Man, I'll sue the pants off of everybody in that system. Yep. Freaking man. I don't even got Yep. I'm pissed. That's just. Sucks, man. I mean, again, kids were failed in this, this whole thing. That's what it go goes back to again. I mean, like, it should be equally investigated for everybody. Absolutely. I don't care how much money you got, how less money you got, what, what race gender you are. you identify as or whatever you are. What sex you're into. I mean, come on, man. None of that should should apply. Like, the, it, should, it should be just, are you the best people? Are you responsible? Are you not going to abuse these kids yeah. and follow it up? The name says it all. Children Protective Services. And they did not protect they don't these children. That. No, at all. No. Nope. More cases out of all of them, like the most of them, the kids are going through abuse, are being raped, violated, molested, mm -hmm. killed, neglected. Yeah. They don't protect anybody. Not at all. They protect themselves. Yep. But they never take oh. liability. Yeah. They never stand up and say this was our mistake or that's that person's mistake. No, they never have anything to say about that. Yep, like that first well, with Fernandez to close it out on Netflix. That was the first time that any of these CPS people were held accountable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, usually this stuff's happened for years. And I don't think they were held accountable enough. Not enough. Never, never. And it's not like you, you know, you're that poor teacher that tried so hard mm -hmm. to protect him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And even those teachers try to protect them. And they, you know, the system failed them. The, you know, and yeah, we criticize the police so much. Yet the Minnesota Police Department was doing everything they possibly could to save those kids. They were not Johnsons. They weren't Johnsons at all. And it was the CPS that screwed them over. So it's like, man, it's not, it's not one thing, it's another. That sucks, dude. Man. Unfortunately, uh, the kids lost their lives on this one. All of them. So mm -hmm. that's tragic. Sure is. Well, we're gonna end it. Our, we're gonna end it right here, you guys. Uh, this has been another episode of the Grinding True Crime Podcast. Thank you, Todd Fox, for breaking down that story for us from uh, about the Hart family. Yeah, this wasn't easy to do. Yeah, you you told us too, man. This one's this one's not gonna be an easy one to uh, you know grasp. You know, especially with the last one I did with Joseph, with involving kids. It was tough too. That's why I, was, I didn't know which case you were going to do, and you did that one. I'm like, oh, great. Next yeah. one's going to be just as hard. Next one was going to be just as hard, man. Yeah. Anytime with the kids involved. But um, before we sign off, want to let you guys know once again where you can find us. Just go to Instagram, Instagram and Facebook and type in Grinding 
true crimes. Uh, if you want to listen to us on your podcast stream, just go to Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, and Pandora. And for those listening to us outside the U.S., continue to listen to us on Podchaser, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Cast. So with that all being said, this is Grinding True Crime with your host, Maddie Matt, along with Todd Fox. And our narrator for today. Todd Fox. <laughs> and other hosts. Gabby. And we are signing off. Toodles. Peace. Y'all come back now, you hear? Free donuts and coffee. That's jacked up. <laughs> <laughs>